Good evening, everyone. Good to see you all. John McSween will come up and lead us in prayer in Gaelic, please. Oh, yeah, listening to us, we are not here. I'm going to go to the hospital. 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 this is the Grag of Jupine, as Kibetabach Grag of Havan. At the Wonder we gave Yanisha, there was a drun and noon, snoon and drun. As in Yavin, who was noon Achkion the Havistra, a Hanikashin use in the Talabin, who scavak Thagoth Kavis, Fjord God Fjord, scavash Lied, Nachtiaftinilla, Snapurantinilla God, Shunshin Yehudu, who had Piaki and Fein, Sarochli Elnach. Ahajigatavon <laughs> At the Garson and Garkostache, Marata Korstache, in Mittochnachasatuhul, you see him all of dawn. A rouse at the Dataskach Trev, Usaskach Fenia, Uspiat at the Riach Claude Varvenaz, Shainetachlu. She got the Wonder Gavianisha, could do a shinian larach on the Jesus Dashka, Skro, Kahunak in the kitchen, Krosinet on the Hatu, Us Enem Yundach Fiesta. Nachhol, <laughs> The Maliduki is was snake at the Machkanadu Hukabu, in Gangian's Gangle, when a Kujan Konyak, a shake, now lost nineteen. Kibias and Kumalasu Lidius Kiosta, a Kaham, Skuma, Graham Tayan and a Kalyan, or have this to you. As in Kunak Gavian law, who say a new scooter, who say at any Gavian in a horn with the other coast of the hair. There was at the Piach's Mundjaku, the Runjan, and Queen of Toledash. There was at the China, 
If you could turn now, please, to God's Word, and we'll read from Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15, and we'll read the whole of this chapter as we follow Abraham uh, in his journey of faith as he uh, follows God. So, Genesis chapter 15, and we'll read from uh, verse 1. After this, and if you glance back to chapter 14, you can see uh, that uh, there's a lot of activity in, in chapter 14. Abraham rescues Lot. Uh, there's a battle. Uh, there's victory. Uh, there is uh, a lot uh, that we see God doing uh, in and through Abraham in uh, the previous chapter. So after this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, 
so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of our of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, how can I know that I shall gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and ill-treated for four hundred years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking brazier with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said, To your descendants I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephaites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. Amen. And may God bless that reading of his word to us. Let's pray as we come back to uh, God's word. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your word which we have sung. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the truth uh, that we find there, that you are the God who is merciful and gracious. We thank you that you are long-suffering, that you are patient with us. We thank you that you are slow to wrath and that your mercy is plenteous. As we think about these words that we have sung, uh, we continue to go time after time to the cross where we see uh, all that was done on our behalf to make it possible for us to be shown the mercy of God. We know that you are a God who is just and justice requires that our sin uh, be dealt with, be punished. And we thank you, Lord, that on the cross we see Jesus there as a the substitute who stepped in to take the punishment in our place so that the requirements of the law uh, could be met, so that justice could be done and yet mercy shown to us. We thank you that the one who was innocent, that being Jesus your son, our saviour, was put in the position of one who was guilty. He took our guilt into his body on the tree. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, we who are guilty uh, are are shown uh, that mercy, uh, that grace, because of all that Jesus has done. We thank you for the great exchange for our sin, going to him and being punished on the cross and his righteousness being given to us. And we praise you, Lord, that even now as we bow in prayer, uh, we bow as those who are sinners. But if we have looked to Jesus, we are sinners who have been saved by grace. We are those who know the blessing of God, uh, the love of God, the compassion of God, the care of God towards us. So we pray, Lord, that you would make us always thankful for these things. Uh, Cause us to be those who are continually going to the cross to survey it, uh, to see all that has been done for us, to see the depths of your love for us, and to see the the response required from us, uh, that we would worship you, that we would praise you, uh, that we would use our lives to bring glory to your name, not because that will save us, 
We thank you that salvation is, is full, salvation is free, the, the work of salvation is completed, it is finished. But as those who have received such great salvation, help us, we pray, to be, to be eager to serve you and to be zealous in our, our service of you. We ask that you would open your word to us now, Lord, that you would help us as we read this story, uh, this story that is true from so many thousands of years ago, the story of how you came to a man who was far from you and revealed yourself to him and called him to follow. We thank you, Lord, that it's a, a message which uh, is locked in history uh, so long ago, and yet it's a message that's relevant to our lives today because you're the God who continues to call us uh, when we were far from you. We thank you that in the gospel we are called to come to Jesus and to find rest for our souls, for find forgiveness for our sin, and to follow you with all that we have. So help us, Lord, to follow and teach us from your word these lessons that Abraham learned, uh, that we too would learn them, so that we would follow you more closely than often we do. We pray, Lord, that you would be with those who are struggling just now. We thank you that you care for us, and when we are anxious, for ourselves or for others, we can cast our anxieties or cares upon you, knowing that you care for us. And we ask, Lord, that you administer to those who are in need tonight. We pray on for those who are who are sick and who are in hospital. We think of Kathy Campbell. We ask, Lord, that you would bless her, uh, that you would strengthen her, and that uh, you would go before her as uh, she, we pray, recovers and is able to come out uh, in due course. Uh, we pray, Lord, for Donald Morrison. Uh, Scott Road, and we ask that you would be near to him. We thank you that uh, although he has been through uh, a big operation, uh, he seems to be well and recovering and strengthening. And we pray for your protection over him. We ask, Lord, uh, that he would continue to uh, to know your hand of healing upon him, and that soon he would be able to return to Harris House, if, if that be your will. And we ask, Lord, uh, that in the hospital at this time, that you would be near to him that he would know your presence, that he would know uh, your peace. And we pray for Mary as well in Harris House, that you would bless her, uh, that you would be near to her and minister to her in her body and in her mind. And we pray for Alistair at McLeod from Scalpy, Mags's father, as he recovers also in hospital. We ask, Lord, that you would strengthen him, uh, that you would be near to him and minister to him, meet him at the point of his need. And for others, Lord, at hospital that we may not know of, we ask that... uh, you would minister to them. We think of Ian Ross uh, from up on Sunny Hill and we bring him to you also. We pray for those who are at home and uh, who are uh, ill and who are, um, we pray, recovering. We pray on for uh, the Reverend Ian Murdo that you would bless him, Lord, that you would strengthen him, that you would take him back into your service uh, uh, soon. And we pray, Lord, for uh, Michaela's father in Romania uh, as he struggles with cancer, Lord, as he uh, receives treatment, as they think about the way ahead, we pray uh, that you would lay your hands upon him, Lord, that uh, he would know that you are close to him. We believe that you are able to heal, Lord, but we submit uh, to you, Lord, that uh, your ways are higher than our ways, and sometimes your calling is to take us from time into eternity. And so, with all those that we are uh, concerned about, we bring them to you in prayer, asking that you would do for them more than we can ask or imagine. And for Mihaela's dad in particular, we Ask, Lord, that you would minister uh, to him, uh, that you would be near to him, that you would be near to all those who care for him, and that you would bless Mihaela and her mum and uh, the whole family, that they would know uh, your peace and your help. And we pray on for little baby Nancy as well, uh, that she would receive the treatment that she needs 
and that you would give clarity and direction for the way ahead. So hear our prayers. Be with all those who are struggling physically. We pray for those who may be struggling in their minds, those who battle with addictions. We pray for those who may be struggling spiritually and who may feel far from you at this time. We thank you that uh, when we come in repentance and faith at any time and simply pray, you're the God who takes those who are far off back close again. And so we pray for any who may be drifting, uh, who may be uh, feeling that sense of distance, that you would draw them, that you would draw each of us close to you. So hear our prayers and help us now as we study your word. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the biggest issues um, that comes up when we speak to people about spiritual things, this is not just my observation, this is I think an observation that any pastor uh, would make, and it's probably an observation that any elder uh, would make as well. One of the biggest issues that come up when we actually have the honesty to speak to each other about the things uh, we wrestle with spiritually is the issue of assurance. And very often it's the people that you think uh, are most strong and steady uh, that actually have the biggest wrestles uh, with the whole area of assurance. Uh, or, Or probably more specifically, Uh, I wrestle with a lack of assurance. There are people who are Christians, and you can likely think of many in your mind's eye even now, uh, who may have been Christians for for many years, and yet they've never gone forward to the Lord's table because of a lack of assurance. There's some perhaps who've gone forward and they've been there once or twice, and then there's been a a, a kind of crisis, and again, because of a lack of assurance, they've shrunk back and, and stopped, and these questions that can crash into to our minds, questions of, am I really a Christian? You know, questions of, if I go forward uh, and profess my faith in Jesus, will I be able to keep on going? These questions, uh, as we go through Scripture, and we may uh, have difficulties in our, uh, our circumstances, these questions of, of, can God's promises really be trusted? I mean, these are real questions. And these are the kind of questions that haunt us, and they're the kind of questions that hold us back uh, when we lack assurance. And if we simply ignore a lack of assurance and, and just pretend uh, that these things are not in our minds, if we try and take these kind of thoughts and these wrestles and just push them aside and don't deal with them, you know, all, all that happens is they, they multiply and we become spiritually damaged. So the question tonight with Genesis 15 open is um, what do we need to do when we lack assurance? It's a very practical question. What do we need to do when we lack assurance? And uh, the answer I'll give you at the beginning. Uh, the answer is we are to do what Abraham did and we're to come to the Lord in all honesty with uh, these wrestles. We're going to sing at the end of the, the service, just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings within and fears without, O Lamb of God, I come. So when we're struggling with these questions of assurance, uh, we're to come to God in prayer, to ask him to to speak to us through the word. And uh, this is not something that we do once in our life. This is something that we have to keep on doing. And we see that as we uh, track with Abram and his his journey uh, as he follows God. So there's um, three things tonight that uh, we'll look at in the time that we have. And the first thing is uh, the courage that Abram needed, the courage that Abram needed. And if you go to verse 7, because we looked really at verses 1 to 6 uh, the last time we were uh, together in Genesis, 
Uh, if we go to, to verse 7, we are brought into a conversation that is between the Lord and Abram. If you glance back at the, the first few verses, we can see uh, that Abram, at the beginning of chapter 15, he's shaky. In his heart, uh, he's shaky. Uh, he has been fearful. And so the Lord comes to him at the beginning of this chapter, uh, acknowledging his fear. And in verses 1 to 4, we're not going to go through them, uh, the Lord speaks to Abram and gives him words of reassurance. And then in verse 5, uh, the Lord kind of takes him outside the room uh, and shows him the stars uh, and says, here's a picture of my promises. Here's a picture of your descendants. He gives him this visual aid, this illustration of, of how fully he would answer uh, his, his promise and how good he would be to, to Abram. And it tells us in verse 6 that Abram, uh, he did believe. So from verse 1 to verse 6, we see Abram and he's gone from fearfulness and a lack of faith, verse 6, uh, to he does believe. But the thing is, Abram's faith is not rock solid and he continues to need strength. He continues to need courage as he seeks to follow the Lord. I was thinking as I was studying it, it's a bit... It's a bit like a phone, Michael, Jono, boys and girls, you know, phones, devices. Um, how long will they work if you just kind of, you know, leave them sitting on the desk? How long will they work for? A day, maybe? Two days? Not that long. And if you're gaming on your phone and you're using it for a few hours and then you just leave it being, what will happen to it quite quickly? It will just turn off. So how do you get it to turn back on? Well, no, not the button. If it's got no power, what do you have to do? Really? You have to charge it. See, phones, they have to be charged up. And for ourselves, as we seek to follow uh, God, as we seek to live by, by faith, uh, we need to keep on being charged up. Think about Romans 10. Romans 10 tells us faith comes by hearing. And it's hearing the word about Jesus. And so day by day, in the same way that devices have to be charged up, in the same way that we need to go to sleep and be charged up, uh, spiritually speaking, we need to be in the Bible. We need to be in God's word if we're to get the strength, uh, the faith, the courage to follow the Lord. And Abram, he needs that. He continually needs that. So look at verse 7 and verse 8. He also said to him, I am the Lord, this is God speaking to Abram, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, how can I know, underline that word, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? See, Abram wants to know that he can trust God. Abram wants to, to know uh, that God's promises the promise of a son the promise of a home he wants to know that these promises can be trusted and so he asks the lord for reassurance you know he's just had reassurance through the word through a picture but he's still shaking so he asks the lord again for for, for reassurance he wants to to hear from god and there's a lesson for us here in application and it's a very straightforward lesson and i suppose that the simplest way to put it is it's okay not to be okay. You know, we keep hearing that in terms of mental health. When we struggle with mental health, there's that phrase that gets used, it's okay not to be okay. When you're struggling, talk about it. And when we're struggling in our hearts, then it's okay to tell the Lord, I'm struggling with this. It's okay to ask for assurance. And then it's okay the next day to ask for assurance again. You know, faith is a gift of God, Ephesians 2. And we have to keep on coming to the giver and asking for that gift. Abram needed to, to, 
coming to the Lord, uh, continually asking for courage to keep on keeping on. And you and I uh, need that same courage that only God can give. And so we, we need to keep on coming to the Lord as Abraham did. We'll keep seeing that in this uh, life story. Abraham, he keeps having to come back to God. You and I need to keep on coming back every day to the Lord. So first of all, the, the courage that Abraham needed. The second point is the compassion uh, that the Lord shows uh, towards Abraham. Now, many of us here are parents. Um, some of us are, are grandparents. And we know that as parents or grandparents, uh, there are times in life when our children uh, need reassurance. Sometimes, put your hand up, boys and girls. Uh, put your hand up if you've ever struggled sleeping. Yeah, I'm just checking all our girls have their hands way up in the air. Yeah, yeah. E&A's got both hands up just now. You know, maybe that's the problem. Um, maybe there's a struggle with, with sleeping. Maybe uh, we have children and uh, they've, been, they've seen a video on YouTube and it's a bit grisly and there's monsters or whatever and it's, it's freaked them out. And they, they now believe there's monsters under the bed. So you tell them to go to bed and go to sleep and uh, they're five minutes on, in the bed and they're starting to worry that there's monsters under the bed. And, and so you hear these steps going downstairs and you're sitting just trying to have a quiet evening and the door opens and uh, they're, they're, they're maybe crying and they're uh, in a little bit of distress and you say, what's wrong? It's the monsters, there's monsters under the bed. And you get to the heart of it, they've seen a video in somebody else's house and there's monsters under the bed and there's definitely monsters under the bed. And so you... You take them upstairs and you hold them by the hand and you give them a cuddle and you show them under the, the bed with a torch. There's no monster, see? It's safe. You can go to sleep and they're fine for about four minutes. And then you're sitting downstairs and you hear the footsteps on the stairs again and they're back down and they're, they're, they're still in a, they're, they're back in a, a state of distress again. What is it? It's the monsters. They're definitely monsters. I heard something. It's definitely there. So you go upstairs again and give them a cuddle and you show them under the bed. There's no monsters. Five minutes later... What happens, it happens again, and speaking hypothetically, maybe the first time they come down the stairs, you know, you're okay with that. And you say, it's okay, it's fine, don't worry about it. And the second time, you're maybe slightly impatient, hypothetically. And you say, it's fine, just don't worry about the monsters. But when they come down the third time, on the fourth time, on the fifth time, on the sixth time, usually at this point, some parents start to run out of patience. And you say something like, there's no monsters under the bed. We've checked it once. We've checked it twice. We've checked it three times. Get upstairs. Do not move from that bed. I do not want to see you again till the morning. That's the end of it. Now, that's us. But that's not God. That's the point. Uh, the Lord shows us endless compassion. You know, Abram, as you look at him here, he's dithering and he's stressing. And he's fearful and the Lord comes to him and he speaks his word to him and he shows him the stars. That settles him down for a little bit. And then he's fearful again and he's saying, how can I know that your word's trusted? And the Lord, he continues to speak to him so gently and so tenderly. Uh, he's, he's given him his word. He's given him a picture. He speaks to him with such warmth and yet Abraham he's still asking for more and for more and yet the Lord doesn't at any point here scold him or drive him away and send him upstairs and tell him I don't want to see your face again for the next two weeks there's none of that the Lord does not lose patience with Abraham he shows such great warmth and compassion to him you know we're given a picture of what we sang in Psalm uh, 103 the Lord is compassionate 
and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. And in application, this is slightly repetitive, but it's purposefully so because we need to hear this. In application, let us just look to see again who God is. Now, we're so prone to project our sinful failures onto the Lord. We're so prone to, to sometimes think that he will treat us the way that we keep treating other people. But the Lord, he is compassionate and he loves us and he is patient to us. And he's so kind and tender towards us. And he understands far better than, than we understand how weak we are. And he knows better than we know how much we need him. And the truth is, the Lord is so much readier to receive us and help us than we are to come to him and ask for that help. So we've got a lesson here from, from Abram. And the, the point that we need to take on, on board now is that we can keep on coming to the God who is always ready to meet us at the point of our need. So what happens next? Um, how does the Lord uh, answer Abraham and help Abraham? How is this assurance that Abraham needs uh, given to him? Well, that takes us to the last point. Um, it comes in the form of a covenant, uh, the covenant that the Lord makes. Boys and girls, a little question for you here just to keep you awake for the last five minutes. What's a covenant? It's not a word we often use, is it? Any ideas? What, what is a covenant? Because we're talking here about the covenant that the Lord makes with Abraham. He's speaking to Abraham and he makes a covenant with him. What do you think a covenant is? Any ideas? Not sure? Ailey? It's like a promise, yeah. It's, a, it's an agreement between two or more persons to do or, or, or not do something. So Abraham speaks to uh, God and God speaks to Abraham in the form of this, this covenant. So if you want an example of a covenant, um, marriage is a covenant where husband and wife they promise to to use the words here to love each other and be faithful to each other for as long as they both shall live that's a covenant between two people and here God makes an agreement he makes a covenant uh, with Abram at verse 9 and verse 10 so the Lord said to him that's Abram bring me a heifer a goat and a ram each three years old along with a dove and a young pigeon Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Now, this seems kind of weird to us, uh, if truth be told. Um, but this is what they did. This is how covenants were, were made. Animals would be cut to formalize a, a promise back in that day and, and that age. You know, we, talk, we still talk today about cutting a deal. And, and that phrase, uh, I understand, comes way back from this ancient tradition. So as these animals are cut, it's a bit like lawyers with contract documents. The documents are being prepared. The lawyers are getting everything ready. And the covenant uh, here is sealed, not with ink, uh, but with, with blood. Verse 11, Then birds of the air came down on the carcasses, but Abram, Abram drove them away. What's all this about? Well, we don't really know, I think, is the answer to to that question. Uh, various theories about this. Some commentators think that the, the birds of prey were like a picture of doubts and fears. Um, other commentators think that the picture of the bird of prey is, is a picture of the devil's attacks. And, uh, and Abram, uh, he has to actually drive them away. You can make up your own minds on that. I'm not sure. Verse 12, as the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep 
and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. They will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. So this is God's word. This is his covenant. This is his promise uh, to, to Abram. You know, we've had a promise that's been given to Abram and then it's made a bit clearer and then it's made a bit clearer still. And again, in this section, the Lord, he's given uh, more definition to this promise. And he's saying to Abram, my promise to you will be fulfilled. You can count on that. But the Lord is honest enough to say, Abram, this is not going to be a trouble-free promise. And this is not going to happen immediately. But everything that I have promised you, Abram, uh, to happen, it will happen. That was God's message to Abram. And that remains God's message to to us uh, as his people today. You know, if we are following the Lord, we have been given such great promises. We know that our sins are forgiven. And that's a promise that has already come true if we are trusting in Christ. But we've been promised that when uh, we come to the end of our lives here, then there's a home that's been prepared for us. We've been promised that we are part of a a family uh, where all tribes, tongues, nations will be united together in this place of amazing beauty and perfection. We've been promised that there's going to come a time uh, when we are not simply saved from the the, the power of of sin and the punishment uh, for sin, but will be saved from the presence of sin. There'll be no more attacks of the devil. There'll be no more disunity. There'll be no more of the things that we struggle with. These are rich promises that God has given us. But we have to wait for some of them. We need faith to keep on keeping on. And Jesus has promised that in this world, as we seek to follow him, it won't be trouble free. He loves us enough to tell us that. Jesus doesn't put all this trouble in the small print. He tells us from day one, if you're following me, There's going to be some hard things to deal with. John 15, Jesus says to his disciples, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Hard thing for the disciples to have to hear. But Jesus, just a few verses on from that, uh, says at the beginning of John chapter 16, All these things I have told you so that you will not fall away. So if you're finding things hard just now, if there are struggles, if uh, there seems to be trouble, if it just seems difficult to follow Jesus, keep on is the message. He will give you and I the strength to keep on keeping on uh, through the trouble and keep your eyes on the the fulfillment of that promise that Jesus has given us. Uh, we're, We're only here for a while. And it may be turbulent for seasons, but then there's eternity. Then there's perfect peace and joy and life, endless, if we are those who are keeping on following the Lord. Verse 17, when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. What did this mean? Well, it meant that God was there in the midst of all this with the, the animals that had been cut as Abram uh, was there physically, uh, we have this, this picture here. Uh, the smoking fire pot, the blazing torch. It was a picture of the presence of God. 
if you want to see a bit more of that, go to Exodus. These are the, the symbols. These are the, the things that indicated that, that God was there. And we see here in this verse 17 uh, that as this covenant is made, God is there and he passes between the pieces of these animals. Now, in a covenant arrangements, um, in that day, both parties, those who were promising things to each other, they would pass between the pieces to promise that they would be faithful to the terms of the covenant. That's what they did. But notice here, only God passes between the pieces. Abram is in a deep sleep. He is absolutely inactive. There's no activity on the part of Abram as this covenant is made. All the activity is on the part of God because only he is faithful to make this covenant and keep this covenant. Hail the commentator says God alone was the author of the covenant. The covenant was made totally by his grace. Abram did nothing to deserve it. And so we see a picture here of the covenant that the Lord makes. The question, just as I finish, is is why? I do have one more point, but we'll leave it tonight. But the question just to take with us is is the question of why. Why did God make this covenant with Abram? Did the covenant make the, the promises of God more more sure, more true? Well, of course not. God cannot lie. His word is absolutely solid and steadfast. So, so why make a covenant? And the answer is, the covenant was another token of the Lord to help Abram believe. It was for Abram to help him believe. And for us, we also have tokens that help us to believe. We have God's word, and it's sure, and it's true, it's dependable but the Lord knows us he knows our weakness and so he has given us tokens to help us believe and think back just two or three weeks and remember we handled them we tasted them we had bread and wine on the table here it was passed around the church to us and those who believe we we took it and we tasted these tokens of a new covenant that was sealed in Christ's blood Abram was looking forward to a supernatural promise that was still to be fulfilled. But we look back on a supernatural promise that has already been fulfilled in and through the life uh, and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the covenant the Lord makes. Let's pray as we finish. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true and we can trust it. We thank you that you know us well enough to know uh, that we are those who find it hard to trust. Uh, Like Abram, we are fearful often. Like Abram, uh, our faith levels can run low. And like Abram, we, uh, we need these helps that you give to us in your compassion, these tokens that help us to believe. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us to help us believe. We thank you that not only do we see as we track forward in the story of Abram, that all your promises came true. We thank you that as we follow the line of Abram, it leads us all the way to Jesus, the one who was uh, the the answer to to every promise ever made to your people. We thank you that Jesus uh, was and is the Messiah, the promised one of God. We thank you that he came into this world as was prophesied. We thank you that he lived for us that sinless life that we cannot and do not live. We thank you that he died for us in our place. His blood was shed. His body was given as part of that new covenant whereby we are saved eternally if we believe. So help us, Lord, we pray, 
uh, to believe and to keep on keeping on as you call us to follow you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore.